John Billingsley, Phil Flox, Hollywood Food Coalition here. Guess what? Trek Talks 2. It's happening. You asked for it. You got it. January 14, eight hours of premium Star Trek entertainment. Amazing guests. Mad Capri. Insightful social commentary. Musical interludes. Support HoFoCo. Check us out at HoFoCo.org. Helping people in need for almost 40 years. 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the 14th of January at TrekTalks.net. Live long and mark your calendars. Again, TrekTalks.net. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sisters podcast, where we give you our point of view. We are proud members of the Trek Geeks podcast network, and we are so excited to bring you this show today. I'm Tamia Harper, and I'm joined by my sisters, Sabrina Wood and Fran T. What's happening? So we Sci-Fi Sisters had the amazing opportunity provided to us by Paramount to interview the executive producers of Star Trek Prodigy, Kevin and Dan Hageman. And we wanted to share this with you all. We've shared part one of this interview on our YouTube station, uh, but station, haha, that shows you how old I am. (laughs) 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 On our YouTube channel, Uh, But what you don't know is that we also have a part two of this amazing interview. So today we're bringing you both parts of those interviews and I hope you enjoy. We'll see you after the show. Well, Fran and I met online in in a couple of Star Trek uh, discovery chat rooms that we were defending Sonequa early on. Uh, and then okay. um, Tamia, we met at Awesome Con, and Yvette came in at um, later Tech Two. <laughs> Vtech. Wow. Vtech. Yeah, virtual Trek. I always feel like Sneakwa reminds me of we we have one sister, and my sister is like a bubbling energy thing of joy. She's a dancer, and she has that like Sneak was kind of like yeah. everything is joyful and everything infectious. like infectious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We're totally, not. totally infectious like that. Like, I, yeah, she just seems like such a, such a joy, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's right, really. How, go how, ahead. Can we, how can we help you? Well, what we're just. We, <laughs> what? we got questions. Oh, we Did you watch so her little answers. cartoon? <laughs> oh, it's so joyous. Oh, I mean, love you. your little cartoon. The little cartoon <laughs> that could. I think um, in Chicago, we were um, got a chance to just gush a little bit about how much we love Prodigy. And, you know, we we um, the sisters are of the opinion that um, the two animated series are creating some of the best Trek that's out there today. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, you know, you guys have talked a lot in your past about your 
growing up as with a love of Star Trek, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm just curious as to what did, when you were kids growing up with Star Trek, what did that teach you? Like, how did Star Trek influence the men that you became today? Mm. Wow. I mean, I mean, we weren't like, I would say we, we were respectful and we were fans of Star Trek, but we weren't like solely like, on the, we didn't think we would ever get to be writing our own Trek show. So that, well, that's never really <laughs> something. And we grew up like our introduction to Trek was through the movies. So mm-hmm. I, I question what what Kirk taught me. <laughs> <laughs> While he did do some good things, you know, mm-hmm. uh, looking back, I don't know if he was the best role model for me as <laughs> as a young boy. But I think but, that's where like our cinematic like. Um, when we think of track, you know, visually, we think like we think big ending of where Spock dies. It's mm. massively emotional. Yeah, it's mass. It's it's epic for us. Like we were children of the '80s, and to us, Kirk and Spock were as big as Michael Jackson. Like they mm-hmm. were, and we were from Oregon. We never thought we'd ever have a chance to get into the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. So I think they were just icons in their heads, and to us, Star Trek to me is that relationship of Kirk and Spock of that two very different people learning from each other. And I think that value better together. So important. (laughs) And I think when we were approached about Star Trek prodigy, the first thing we thought was in today's day and age uh, with, with, with politics and stuff. I'm like, this is the time that different people need to start actually talking and really listening to each other. Coming together and being greater together. Yeah. Oh, I love that. that. (laughs) (laughs) easier said said than done yeah so true so true but i think that's why it's so important that uh, we have a show that's speaking directly to a younger age group Mm -hmm. um you know i mean it translates to us as well to adults but you know particularly for the younger ones um that's what we get them. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, how we, that's how we came in as younger ones. So, uh, well, well, speak, some, mm-hmm, I just, and some kids' shows are very disposable, right? Mm. And, and a good Trek show, like I'm watching all the original series still, you know, I'm watching these and like they stand the test of time. And so yeah. we're like, let's make sure this show, I want decades from now. Kids are finding Prodigy for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. We Starfleet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. No worries. No worries. I'm going to go back to Chicago. Um, I know when we met you guys in Chicago, you know, we were just seeing uh, Prodigy, the ending of it. And I was wondering why was there such a large break in the middle? I, I actually thought the season was over. I thought this was season two for a while. Uh, was the show designed? Was that 10. after 10? Okay. Yeah, like it was after 10. So I was wondering, was the show designed to be played like that or was that just beyond your control? It was designed to go 10 and then break and then 10. Okay. Um, in the first batch, there was five and a break, a lot of because of COVID. And, and you know, you set out to make a budget and you make a show before yeah. COVID hits. And then all of a sudden COVID hits and you're like, you know, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either rush it and get it out the door, or we go, hey, this thing's going to last. Hopefully, the test of time, we got to do it right. Yeah. So, you know, that, that was uncomfortable conversations, but like it, it's it what was in the best intention for the show, the best, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But cool. as you'll cool. see, like, you know, we designed it as, like, in essence, 10 episode. Yeah. I don't want to call them seasons, but our. The twenty, the first twenty episodes are really going to feel 
like a complete story. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're just lead, leading up to the, the the final five are intense. Can't it's wait. Really dramatic. But yeah. each after each 10, it feels like something happens where you can take a little break. You know, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know the kids save the minors. Okay, good. Right. Good. Yeah, yeah. I like it. But we'll always tease you though. We'll always tease you about what's going to be in the next 10. So <laughs> see, I love that. That's good track right there. <laughs> <laughs> We yeah. thought this was one of the best cliffhangers ever. I mean, we thought it, you know, 10 was just like, okay. Wait, oh, wait for 20, man. That's that's the end of this, like, that cliffhanger. All right. All right. Stop, stop stop playing with us now. Come on now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. We only got, like, a few screeners. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a cliffhanger, but it's like a nugget. It's a nugget. Yeah. nugget. That's you to look forward to. Okay. That's awesome. Sabrina. All right. Well, I am the OG in the group, along with Fran, and I am the sister that has, as they say to me, an aversion to animation. <laughs> Do you? And, <laughs> she does. <laughs> it's been a hard pull for me to watch the animation. Okay. Show. But let me say this. We did a bonus show about how much Sabrina loves Prodigy. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you go. I love it. So I was watching this and I saw different characters in the in the way that they were being drawn. And so I was saying, you know, Gwen and Doll remind me of anime and Speed Racer. You know, Zero reminds me of the Jetson. Murph, <laughs> I thought about, you know, My Little Pony and, uh, you know, Rock Talk. I was like, okay, that is the thing from, uh, you know, that's Jack Kirby there. <laughs> yeah, Jack Kirby. And, yeah. and I'm Literally, like, okay, okay. the right with that little tooth and a little black nose, that is definitely Fred Flintstone, Hanna-Barbera. Just stop it. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I want to know which cartoons <laughs> did you love growing up? Oh my gosh! That like that maybe influenced this. We grew up with like GI Joe. I remember watching GI Joe. We were yeah Transformers. GI Joe was, but here's the hard part: it was linear TV, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was somewhat serialized. But you know, it, it was playing in order. Watch whatever was on TV, Saturday. right? <laughs> watch the block. The and whole thing. Right. Stuff, you're like, I'm done. Yeah, start throwing educational stuff at like 11 a.m. in the morning, and that that's right. It was time to get up and do chores. (laughs) I think, but you know, so with animation, I don't know how much animation influenced us. Like, yeah, because we didn't want to go into animation, so it obviously. Yeah, I would say like when you look at our show, you're going to see a lot of Amblin Entertainment, like Spielberg stuff, like Uh Mm -hmm. Goonies. And all that sort of wish fulfillment and coming of age type of stories. Yeah. You'll see a lot of that. And also, like I was just showing my kids Flash Gordon, the 19th, oh, yeah. like campy, <laughs> super fun, rock music, colorful yes. outfit. You know, I loved that stuff. So. Yeah. I'm going to hand it over to Fran. Hi, um, I know that you've been involved with other franchises, you know, other huge trans uh, franchises. It's being a part of Trek. We had to dis- there was a discussion about how I should ask this question. However, being a part of Trek, how has it been different, or has it been different from the other huge franchises you've been a part of? Oh, it's the different. fandom. It's different because you know how much it means to people. You know how much Trek means, and you, and it's like you're, 
you're tiptoeing through a minefield and you're like, don't want to be Right? right? Cannon. Cannon. And there's so much before <laughs> us, right? Whereas <laughs> the other franchises with Lego, Lego, when we did the Lego movie in, in, in Lego Ninjago, there was very little Lego entertainment before what we right. worked on it. And what we saw were like, we could do better than that. Like Lego deserves better entertainment than that. Mm. So, mm-hmm. so that was different and easier. But Trek, you've got, oh my gosh, there's so much <laughs> great stuff. Yeah. And, and everyone's, ni- everyone's knives are out, like waiting to cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah, we know like, me? Like, How are they going to mess this up? Let's right. see. Like, hmm. we, always, we always say like, oh, we're not a kid show. But if anyone attacks us, we'll be like, hey, you're attacking a kid show. Hey. <laughs> with, with, with the Trek history, with over 50 years of history and all this stuff, the fans, the Trek fans are a different, whole different body of people from the other franchises. So I'm glad you're here. We love your show. And I'm just amazed. I'm I'm amazed at the animation of it because it's so different from Lower Decks. But the animation is so just beautiful. It's just mm, so gorgeous. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you mm-hmm. for that. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm I'm mesmerized by, by the storyline and the animation. So thank you. Right. Well, it touches us because honestly, like when you're making something, you know, like kids are going to come to it because of how beautiful it is. But to have adults come to it and appreciate it means a lot to us because like that's something that was really important to us, wanting to make sure that, you know, Kate Mulgrew will tell you herself, like their adults can learn just as much as kids if they allow. Oh, yeah. Them, you know? mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And like we're talking about the universe being so vast and deep now with shows. You know, that was their intention of not just make it's not just a kid's show. It's for the new viewer. It's for that person who's mm-hmm. never, who's maybe been a little timid about entering into the Trek universe and doesn't mm-hmm. know where to start. Well, here's mm-hmm. a nice, easy way in. And it introduces the principles and and the type of sort of uh, episode uh, sort of themes and ideas or, you know, concepts that Star Trek likes to play with. And it gets you in and suddenly it's a launching pad to jump into Voyager or TOS or whatever you want. Yeah, Yeah, I really I I feel like um, we've said it uh, actually a couple of times. Um, Yvette has actually said um, several times how this is the show that she can take to people who don't have any knowledge of Trek beforehand and use it as an introduction because it teaches you everything you need to know about Star Trek philosophy. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it's like, we are going along on that ride with these kids. And I think that's one of the things that's so endearing about it to me personally is that you know I'm I'm seeing it through fresh eyes again. Yeah. You know, I was indoctrinated into these principles when I was really young, but mm-hmm. to be able to go back and say and and try and it reminds me of what I what it was like as a child when I when I first saw um you know no kill eye um you know and mm-hmm. and was like oh that's not the monster <laughs> no <laughs> Yeah, it was exciting for us. Like when we were talking about the characters, you know, uh, creating the, a Medusa as a character, we're like, that's just going to blow kids' heads. Mm-hmm. Like, uh-huh. that, the concept of what is a non-corporeal mm-hmm. entity. Yeah. 
how it can drive a person crazy. I'm like, I love these little like nugget bombs that you throw into kids' heads that can really get them to think and get them to spark and get them to think of new ideas and think outside the box. So it's, it's, yeah. it's an absolute pleasure to be working. We wanted, with. yeah, when we when we built the show for for the we wanted it for the adult Trek fans that this is the show that they never knew that they wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we designed it. Like, <laughs> it's exactly how I feel. I'm yeah. so happy and relieved mm-hmm. to hear that it's working because that, you know, you spend, we've been on this for like three and a half years of our lives mm-hmm. devoted to this. And like, thank God it's it's working. <laughs> we, we just want to say we love you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that first one. Here's the second part, uh, part two of our interview with the Hageman brothers. Um, And it's dealing with the second half of the Prodigy season. So if you have not watched the second half of Prodigy season one, stop here, go watch it because everything's out now, and then come back and listen to this interview because there are spoilers ahead, y'all. We are telling you multiple spoilers ahead, but we hope you enjoy. Happy listening. I was picturing you guys all together on the couch watching it together. That was our our dream. That's our dream too. Are you kidding me? Yeah. We were actually, we were just together this weekend though. We went to the African-American Museum in D.C. Yeah. Oh, it's nice. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Oh, nice. It was amazing. And now we have you guys, and we're so grateful and so thankful for your time <laughs> again. Okay. So one of the reason one of the uh episodes that I wish, really wish that I had had my sisters there to watch with me um was uh Ghost in the Machine. Yeah. Uh, what a fun episode. What an amazing episode. What like a thrilling episode. And was it, how fun was it for you guys to do a, a holodeck episode? I think very early on when we were like having our wish fulfillment of like what Star Trek episodes do we want to do, the holodeck episode, it was always like, how do, when, when are we going to get to this episode? Um, so the, yeah, that was always in, in, um, that was always the plan to get there, but that was a lot of fun. I think Chad really did. Chad Quant did an amazing job. He's yes. someone who, it was so funny where, we were talking about holodecks, how like um, I think I had made a disparaging comment about playing too many video games. And he and he was a big defender of video games. He's like, these are self-care, you know, video games, holodecks. This is, you know, there's nothing wrong with playing a video game, you know, taking some time out for yourself. And and he really changed my opinion when he's when, when he defended that. So that's great. And we got oh, yeah. to set up, you know, the holodeck in the first 10 with the Kobayashi Maru episode, mm-hmm. which is super fun, right? Yep. But we didn't get to, like, really enjoy the holodeck as much as we wanted and, and having that encapsulated, trapped in a holodeck episode. And so it, we had such a blast being able to do that. And not only, like, let each of those stories kind of uh, illuminate something about each character, but then to also have that twist ending that's going to help propel you know, um, our season into our final three episodes. Mm-hmm. Wow. How yeah, episode? You can't get more Star Trek than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sabrina, you can text us your questions, Sabrina. <laughs> Put in the chat. In the chat. <laughs> Put them in the chat. I don't. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna wow. let I'm gonna let um Yvette go. I have some of Sabrina's questions like written in front of me. So if she can't get her voice back, I'll I'll field them for her. 
<laughs> yeah. So I just want to know, so what time, what day um, is the canon meeting with all of the Star Trek shows? Like, I know there's got to be like a meeting going there on is. between this. There, see, I told you. There is. And it was very smart. <laughs> I think... I think Kurtzman was like, we got a lot of shows. I think we have yeah. to, yeah. you know. It's got to be going on here. What do y'all call it? The canon? The canon meeting? Or what do y'all call it? The, is it a chat? Yeah, it's like, what is it? We did, well, we we do it like, we do a few every year. And it's usually when like there's a new show or a new season coming out. And they can kind of pitch us what they're thinking, you know. And just so we're all in the know of where everyone's playing in the sandbox, so we're not accidentally stealing someone's toys. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I was wondering, I know, because you guys are like a, I think two years out before uh, the Mars incident. So I was like, uh, do they know that? You know, who who's telling oh, yeah. them that? Don't get too close to this, and make sure no, you. We're you know, yeah. <laughs> There's also small stuff that slips through the cracks. It's like you look at. Um, Strange New Worlds, uh, a muck, or is it Spock a muck or a muck Spock? Spock a muck, they did yeah. a body switch, and we had no idea that they were doing a body right. switch. Right, so yeah. that's why I was like, oh, there's a lot of body we switches. Body switch. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, we're also Dan Space Whales. Was it Discovery? <laughs> was it dis- yeah, Discovery, or was it Strange New Worlds, where they had the episode where there's the species using sound and communicating? Yeah, the uh, yes, was- um, yeah, the Strange New Worlds. Of- no, that was uh, no discovery. Discovery, discovery. yeah, yeah. discovery. Disco yeah. is doing that. Yeah, we're like, oh, like you know, this happy accidents. Luckily, we're mostly talking about really... like legacy people and like, hey, we're using this legacy person. Can this? Can they coexist? You know, can mm-hmm. we have Okana? You know? Oh, okay, that's what a Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and then Mike McMahon's like, well, we we're using Okana right. as a DJ, and we just said, can you slap an eye patch on him because he's got an eye patch. <laughs> Ours, yeah. So, so in two yeah. years, what the hell happened? Why? She's like, why? 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 Why are we doing? Why are we doing O'Connor? Why? Why are we doing O'Connor? Uh, I think up? when we were discovering the greatest hits, uh, someone brought up O'Connor. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> You're like, he is not of greatest. He's hits. in the ether. <laughs> he's out. He's so you know. He was so fun. He was such. Bye. He's outrageous. <laughs> It, we wa- we wanted a colorful <laughs> character to come in and mm. really kind of mix up the uh, the chemistry of our crew. And, we wanted uh, a low rent Han Solo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you go. got him. <laughs> Sabrina <laughs> said he died in Dynasty for her. <laughs> in Dynasty? He was in Dynasty. <laughs> oh my gosh! I didn't even know he I was in Dynasty. Him. Oh my I god! That was that wrong. He's the Rocketeer. Before. He's the rocketeer for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's the guy that sleeps around on the on the D for me. I'm like, where's oh. how, how does this guy just walk around the spaceship? He just got there. I know. I'm just right? letting him walk around the flagship of the <laughs> of the unit of the Federation, just screwing everybody. What the? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we bring him back for I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there I was, digress. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a good one, though. Uh, you know, there's so much um, science in these 
mm. 10 shows, you know, so this is a Sabrina question for you guys, you mm. know, um, and, and, you know, was that intended? She wants to know because um, she, the, and she's right. You know, what, one of the things that like really hits you over the face is like the interspatial rifts and the merged warp mm-hmm. bubbles. And she says, thank you, enterprise. <laughs> 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 and uh, the neurolytic pathogens and the vinculum and, you know, um, was this a, an, an intentional direction for you guys at the towards the end as the season wound up? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, it's even from the beginning of the season. I mean, we had Dr. Aaron McDonald as our consultant, but it's like when yeah. you're working on like a what people are going to view as a kids show. It's like we don't we wanted to be like the we we wanted to be legit, and so we knew in order to be legit Star Trek, we needed to have we needed to cross our T's and dot our I's and make sure all that stuff worked. And uh, I, what was fantastic was I, I there was a moment where Dr. Aaron says like you guys actually have some of the most sound science of any of the Star Trek shows, so yep. we're real proud of that. Yay. And we and we and we use that to to help tell the stories, you know, like the like the body switch, like episode eighteen, uh, mind walk was a big like, can we do this? Can we find a Star Trek um, way into this? And that was a big reason when we we're talking about well, what are the species that make up Dal. Um, there's a telepathic, so there's organians who mm-hmm. uh, are telepathic, but, or they, maybe they weren't t- telepathic or organians, so, but they're proto-organians, which means pre-organians, or like mm-hmm. the, the very first, which is, which they were more, they were energy life forms before they were actually um, in humanoid okay. things. Like, oh, right. So okay. we're finding, Sabrina, did I just hear you? <laughs> oh, is that me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's found her voice. That was photo Sabrina, <laughs> and now post. You were lucky I couldn't talk a minute ago, but okay. <laughs> you guys are Okana. Huh? <laughs> oh, but so we we find these little things, and the I feel like the you know there's this cliche of like the answer is always in you. Well, the answer is always in Star Trek. There's always something in Star Trek that you can pull upon. They can find some science and, and make work. So yeah. Did a great job. Did a great job. So, there was so much stuff that I always hear in Star Trek, and now I listen to it. And I'm like, oh, that's how that works. Now I get it. I finally get it. Now, but Sabrina, you, you asked my question. heart. You broke my heart so many times, and this, you scared me to death. You asked if I watched this with the sisters, but I, I can't. I have to like decompress <laughs> after an episode of a cartoon because you yeah. know how I feel about the animation. But, yeah. I said, when you stretch poor little Murph to the breaking point, I was about to slap somebody. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) I was crying for my little baby. But um, I wanted to really know one thing about uh, how did David Diggs come to be on the show? Because I love him so much. And I was so thrilled when I heard his voice. You Mm. know, we had a casting sheet and then we saw that there was interest and we're like, oh, my gosh, that'd be amazing. The only thing that I regret is that it's not a bigger part, you know? I wish yeah, it was so good. More. And I remember there was a moment too that was cut where you know our shows are so packed tight. What I really, really liked going into, which we didn't have time, was when we did have to be digs. We're like, we got to bolster more of this Andorian character, and we think that there's something. And in season two. Um, I will say you'll see some more David Diggs, but I think what's beautiful about his character is he's Admiral Janeway's number one. And who yeah. was who was her last number one? Chicote. You know? mm-hmm. Like, how do you fill those shoes? Like, how do you? Yeah. I think there's something interesting there. There's an interesting place. Yeah. Oh. 
Oh, just so many questions that just popped up in my head. And I just want to, and it's like popcorn right now because I, I, I heard, um, I, love I heard David Diggs. And then I was thinking Jellico because that just felt like I loved that about this season. I mean, come on. I hated Jellico because, and I'd love to hate Jellico. Right. And, and, and I'm, so, and he was so quintessential Jellico, you know, I Jellico mean, it was being Jellico. Jellico being Jellico, like he's still an effective officer of the same stripes and, you know, but, oh my God, I love that. Thank you for that. I just have to say thank you for that. I don't have a question in there about Jellico, unless there's anything you want to tell me about that. (laughs) We could say that. I remember we were, we were like, who can outrank Vice Admiral Janeway? And so we asked, like, who are the working admirals at this time? And someone came back to us with a list, and I think it was a three people, and one of them was Jellico, and we were just like, "It's yes. Jellico, it's Gavin him, Jellico. Right. The perfect. That was the perfect <laughs> person, perfect person." Yeah. So, I, okay, I just wanted, I just, I just wanted to get into. I didn't know what you were going to go into next, but I was hoping we can get into the last, uh, last two ones because there's some juicy stuff in there. Yeah. Well, I just really wanted to really quickly, like I wanted to bring up one of my favorite things about this ending arc of, of the season was the emphasis on communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and especially in today's climate, when people talk at each other more than they listen to each other, the, the way that they all had to find a way to get their message across. Like I, Mm. it was really, I mean, that actually was what had me almost in tears at the Mm. end, you know, because that's really near and dear to my heart, you know? Mm. And, um, and I love that you put an emphasis on that and, you know, what a great message for kids, but not just for the kids, but for us who are watching it, you know, I think, I feel like so many adults can digest that, Mm-hmm. As opposed to, well, I'm telling you the way to do it is that, you know, so, I mean, was that a, also another conscious decision? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. That was from the very uh, um, first pitch. I wish we had more time to do it in episode 20, but it was always like, it was heartbreaking to have these kids who didn't know each other because they couldn't talk to one another. And then they get to know each other and then they succeed and they go on these adventures together and they grow thick as thieves. And then to have that moment when the bomb goes off, so to speak, and all communication is gone again. Like, how terrifying must that be? But then it's that, like, they've gone through the the trials where they're, like, they have the confidence within themselves to be like, you know, even though we can't speak the same language, we can figure this thing out. And, I, and you're right in the sense of, I think we talked about with this, you guys last time, uh, maybe we didn't, but yeah, this was written in, you know, in a time where America was the most divided it's ever been, and it still mm-hmm. really much is. And so we just feel like, yeah, the the communication is a very, very important thing that we feel like as a country, we're going to have to figure it out. We're very different people and we're going to have to figure out how do we speak as different people and how do we find common grounds. And, and we realized like with all of the phasers and the teleporters and the starships that 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 Starfleet has, what makes Starfleet great? It's that com badge. It's the ability to be able to communicate between species and come united. You know, it's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Yvette, go for it. Okay, so I'm going past the communications <laughs> and straight to the starships. Okay. So, <laughs> the so I was just like, so I love year, I love the history. Like, I love the years and all of that, trying to figure out where everything is in canon. But my goodness, when I saw the Defiant out there, I was like, okay, what's happening? <laughs> so you should have saw me. I was doing like this. I was like, what, which one is that? So I found the Defiant, the Centaur, 
the Thunder Child, and a lot the of Sovereign. people love the Defi- the Defiance one. Of, I think everyone's favorite ship. Oh, it's mm-hmm. my favorite ship. Oh, yeah, yeah. Awesome. hands down. I mean, hands after down. Protostar. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> right. Listen. A few more seasons, maybe. <laughs> right. No, no. The Protostar, you're talking about DS9 Protostar, here. I love y'all, but you're talking about DS9 Protostar has here. me. Protostar has me. I was like, somebody came up with a list of the top 10 ships the other day, and they put the Protostar at like, I don't know, six or something. I was like, what? Oh, no, I wouldn't put it at six. No. I'm yeah, it was something stupid, high. but uh, I love that ship. I really love that ship. No, but pick, picking the ships in that in that fleet moment was a lot of fun, and and that's something where you know, in when you're writing the script, you don't write those names of the ships, and you don't know which ships you'll be able to get. You just go, right. it's going to be a fleet, mm-hmm. fleet bigger mm-hmm. than they ever. Yeah, I think I my my partner James has bruises on his arms from me being like, "That's a defiant! That's a defiant!" <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Anything DS9 positively put on screen makes us just like, oh, uh, you know, yeah. we can't breathe half the time. So, But it was so cool. I mean, I, I think the Sovereign was cool, too, because I think that's only in Star Trek Online. I don't think mm-hmm. that's ever been like canon that right? before. So I think so. I think that was the one. But I was just, I love the ships. I have, I have ships everywhere. So I just, I love that. Oh. But I tell you, that moment, uh, that that scene, it looks, it was like Wolf 359. It was like sorrow. You know, it was like, oh no, it's just just awful. This is horrible. So I was just just like, what are they going to do? They're going to take it all down. Oh my God. Yeah. How are these kids going to get out of this now? Yeah. Right. right? Exactly. I don't want to bring us totally down, but I really think I I also want to give kudos to you guys about for the, uh, the, multifaceted, very complex relationship that Gwen had with her father for representing Mm -hmm. that on screen. Because, you know, we don't uh, oftentimes, especially when people are talking to children, they tend, it's the, they make things, uh, parents figures, parental figures, like so one dimensional or just two dimensional, you know, and there was just a lot going on between them. Um, Can you guys speak to that relationship at all? I mean, I think we got to give a lot of credit to the writer's room. I mean, it's, it's, when you start with the, who these characters are and then you go, okay, um, his mind gets wiped at the end of 10, you know, and then he gets picked up by Starfleet. Like who, who is this character? You know, what is the first thing he's going to think about? And, and we're like, the first thing, you know, is his daughter. I'm like, that's beautiful. That, that even though he's been brainwashed by the mission to save his planet, you know, at the end of the day, what's the first thing he thinks about? It's this, this person who, who you know, created in order to complete his mission, but really, yeah, who, who started him. off as you know his progeny? Just to, yeah. she's just a vessel to, to to finish his mission. She's she's not his daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. not how he sees her in the first ten. And then to see that kind of change, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and it created it created a really great engine. I mean, it wasn't until we were, I think. We were writing the death scene of the diviner where like how would that conversation go and he would be like can you carry on my mission can you do what i did not do which is to bring my world together to save my world i'm like mm-hmm. that's a power, that's a big baton that's a and big yeah. baton like she's doing it but like the idea that she's going to do it her own way is uh-huh. just humbling, right mm-hmm. like she's still doing the purpose that she was meant to to do in the pilot episode mm-hmm. but she's doing it in a beautiful way now now that she knows the truth and how she's gonna you know try to do and it we're always starfleeted yeah and <laughs> that's right and we're always like kevin and i are always drawn to these um um emotional conflicts of like yeah save your save your 
save your planet. And then you're like, yeah, but is that going to, does that mean I have to separate from my best friends, for my, my crew to do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, is yeah. she going to, is th- these are tragic questions that they have to answer. Um, and, just, and we, and we don't like, if you look at almost anything that we've, we've written, we, we almost never have the hero just kill the villain. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Bad, right. Good conquers evil and that, right. no, it's, it's, we always love it when the hero saves the villain. The villain is saved, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, I think yeah. he's saved in the end. Yeah. He was so complicated. I mean, he, I can't wait to see him. Hopefully we'll see him again because mm-hmm. he's in the future. I, I love that part too, that there's all this timey-wimey um, Star Trek <laughs> time time nonsense going on. I just love he's that. He's in the present. Um, Here's the he's thing. In the, oh, that's right. He's in the he's present. He's in the present. He's in the present because he came from the future. See what I'm talking about? They haven't had first contact yet. He's so, probably uh, much younger. Yeah, I'm so, that's right. I will so, tell you this. If there's one thing that I would ever tattoo on my body, it would be Gwendella's weapon. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh, like, yeah. that would be a boss ass tattoo. That would yeah, be amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh, the whole arm, right? How can yeah. I do that? How can I do that? Okay, <laughs> all right. So, ask question. Okay, well, I don't have the last question. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> I'm like, you guys just. We can, we can do a couple more questions if you want. You don't need you to just, feel like you have one question. We just well, got a chat thing saying we have la- one you get, question. You, get, you each get one question. We each okay. get one question. <laughs> okay. What's right. the plan? That's what James said. See, that's where I was going to go. What's the plan? There's my question. Where are we going? Well, okay. So <laughs> by episode 20, we've set up two hopefully interesting engines, right? One is Gwen, you know, returning to Solemn. And we felt like that's just something that you just can't wrap up or you can't just ignore it. We got to deal with that. And then also uh, the message from Jacote from the future Solemn. It's a, uh, uh, those are two really big engines that we want to explore. And I love, I think this is something that we, I, we haven't talked about, whatever it is. I love that the way they found this wormhole is the, the destruction of the protostar. Yeah. Essentially hologram, hologram Janeway op- destroyed the protostar and opened up a wormhole to get to Chicote, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, there's something beautiful there of like, yeah. you, know, you know, the hologram version helps. I mean, the, the man did, the man did build yeah. her a tub. Yeah. Come <laughs> <laughs> on. I've been going to find him too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just I love how you all have um it's set up for next season. I mean, there's so many different possibilities, you know. Um, you know, there's uh all the possibilities for other, you know, other legacy Voyager um folks, you know, the the possibility to see a whole brand new world and race again. And I know, right? Mm. You know, I mean, I just I I love the the ending was just so tantalizing, you know, and of course, you know, my, the bait is, is Chakotay, you know, and, and y'all baited us all season with Chakotay. So I was well, convinced yeah. when I saw the, the last episode that I would see Chakotay then. Yeah, I want to know how you feel about that. Do you feel ripped off or do you feel still emotionally satisfied? Cause it's like, it was one of those things of it, we, we could, we, it wouldn't be, for us as storytellers, if you shoehorn Chicote, it's like, oh, in episode 20, they get him, boom. You're like, that. it's a bigger quest, like getting Oh, Chicote. yeah. Yeah. I, I like how time. you do it. The yeah. writer in me says, yeah, like, hold on to that one, you mm-hmm. know, because, it's a big you know, thing. I, yeah, it's a big thing, you know, like, this was like, it's like, now I'm getting this sense of 
the epicness of the story that can be told. You know, if I if we had gotten yeah. Chakotay too early, then it would have been a much smaller. Right. Story. Well, also, it would have been a story told through <laughs> Star Trek, like old Star Trek. You know, and where this is about a new audience coming in, and so this is a story of this crew. You know, now 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 Starfleet and this crew are kind of more entwined now for season two, where it feels natural, where they can have the same quest. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that. I love that they're but together. We do promise. We do promise. In season two, we're going to be diving. You got it's one of my favorite. That's good stuff with Chakotay in season two. <laughs> oh, yay! <laughs> yes. That's so exciting. Yes. You guys are exciting. You're amazing. But, oh, but can can I just say, going back to your question though, with yeah. season two, like while there are these stories that we still need to wrap up, you know, for season two, you know. Our characters now are starting at Starfleet instead of mm-hmm. deep, you know, in the Delta Quadrant. They're right there on Earth, you know. And so we get to really, I think season two is going to have a really nice different flavor, you okay. know, where it's going to yeah. it's going to really feel like a second chapter. Chapter. Awesome. Now. Right. She did. She moved them away from thinking we were we see the protostar. And I'm like, oh, protostar A. Yay. But then she was like, I got better. I got a different plan. I was like, oh, right. I got a better idea, folks. Right. Yeah. Right. That, mm-hmm. that's, what? What's happening? That's the writer's room going, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be really cool. But, right. yeah. but. hold on. <laughs> yeah. I loved that. Hold I love that. Yeah. yeah. You, know. you guys, you guys are hitting this out the park. Like I told you before, this is a joy to watch. Good. And I'm Thank so glad you. I'm, you know, soon my oldest child is going to have is. You know, her, she's getting married and going to have children. And I'm like, ooh, I finally get to do this. I'm going to do this with a little person. And you get to know? watch it all the way through again. And you're gonna yeah. Well, I mean, going. I mean, I'm a Star Trek fan. That's what I do. <laughs> I watch it all <laughs> That's <what we> do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to, to know that this is out here and I'm going to share this with some future uh, progeny, um, you know, just bring them in. This is this is awesome. Thank you so much for that. Thank I appreciate that. Yeah. Sabrina, do you got a last question? Yes, I actually, I am dying to see how old you're going to make Murph be in the second season. Because <laughs> oh, good he's one, he's gone from a baby, and then he was sort of like toddling around. I mean, any creature that will, you know, torpedo butt the Dauntless. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say he'll have a butt rocket. Oh my God, put his butt on the, on the torpedo and shot the Dauntless. I said, Yo, that's. That's my Murph right there. So, you know, <laughs> well, that's I, see the around, I am Murph. No, we're, we're not. So I, yeah. I mean, now, and I saw him struggling to get out of Dal's arms. I mean, he's just such a little toddler. Yeah. Like, no, don't hold yes. me. Yes. So Stop now it's going to be like, this little hamster wheel. <laughs> it's like a hamster yes. ball. We're having was, fun. I want I him to be it. like 10 and terrible now. You know? <laughs> yeah, there's something fun with Murph growing up slowly. So yeah. we plan to hopefully we want the series just to keep going so that someday, yes, we'll have facial hair and he will be <laughs> oh, gosh, <laughs> tall. Oh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Murph and his peach fuzz. And <laughs> um, and one and one last thank you for uh, Janeway's Admiral Janeway's um, when she was uh you know, uh, vouching for the kids. And, you know, that was a really beautiful Star Trek speech, like a really classic one. So thank you for that, too. Oh, thank you. In the writer's room, we were talking about, we're like, yeah, Dal represents everything Starfleet is in, like, one body, you know. One body, yep. So that was, that was awesome. I loved when he was playing her. 
That was my favorite. Oh, Tilda. that was he, brilliant. He did. He did. A, he did. Brett did a really good great. job with that. Oh <laughs> really, being Janeway, I love and that. Kate, I don't think anyone's ever seen Kate Mulgrew act like that. In no, <laughs> it was so fun to hear the joy and the wonder and the youth in her voice. Like, I mean, like yeah. she really nailed it. The two of them just that made that whole episode just wonderful. Yes. I, I have in my seeing, notes. We, I would have paid money to see that live. I would have paid money. Yeah. Oh, we did. That well, live. Well, not done body switch, but we had dinner <laughs> all together. And it was so great hearing Kate and Brett have this probably hour long conversation about TikTok. You know, and it was so interesting because <laughs> what is going on? Who's watching these things? And Brett's like, this is the future. You know? <laughs> so. Conversation I have with my children. What? Yeah. I haven't. Instagram. I don't need TikTok. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Studios will be defunct. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Did we get another warning? Is it? <laughs> nope. But okay. nope. I, right, I well, want to thank you really quickly for all the worlds of stage. I my absolute favorite episode oh, yeah, of the yeah. whole oh. run. Good. That was Beautiful a, episode. Yeah, major Galaxy Quest. Uh, that was Aaron Walton. Yes. Yep. You know. Everything was in there. That was, you know, I, I, I swear to God, when they when they piloted the ship, when they turned it into Constitution class, I just started crying. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. It brought, you guys got to stop it. You got to stop it. I'm getting what, killed what watching this show. That was also influenced by one of my favorite uh, TOS episodes is Miri. And oh. that was the episode where they oh. go down and. You know, and Spock gets sick. And I, I it just, I loved going down to that alien civilization that's totally like, what's, this is, this seems normal or or it's all children and it's all like, what the heck, you know, wonderful, huge question mark histories. And then you're getting sick, so you can't go back. You know, you can't go back to the ship. You're trapped down there and it's a ticking clock. And like, you know, I love those episodes. So. Yeah. Well, guys, we just want to say thank you so much. Thanks for your time again. Thanks for a really fun conversation again. (laughs) Yes. We'll do it again in season two. I know. I can't wait to. I hope to. Got 20 more episodes coming. Yeah. Yeah. We really hope to get meet you guys too. I mean, we're looking forward to that. No no mission in Seattle. I don't know what. No, but we have um, start Las Las Vegas. We'll be there for Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where else? Our Trek Long Island. I don't know if you heard about that, but they got a new. No. Uh, yeah. So, are you at almost awesome. all of those? Do you guys go to almost all of the conventions? Or um, not almost all, but the big ones. Yeah. Are, big are you going on the cruise? Yeah, we'll be on the cruise. All yes. four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, for sure. To, the cruise is fun. That's that's the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Someday we'll it's be gonna... on a cruise someday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll be on the cruise when you guys and you guys let us know when you come and Sci-Fi Sisters will make we'll sure we're booked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for everything, guys. We appreciate Thank you so you guys. much. Congratulations on a super show and all the awards. Thank you. Yeah, Thank congratulations. You. you deserve it. And congratulations for finding your voice, Sabrina. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> you're coming to your own. You help them so much. <laughs> It was a button, wasn't it? It was just a little button. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a wonderful Bye. holiday, ladies. Yeah, Bye. Merry Bye. Christmas. Thank you so much. You. Thanks. Yep. You too. Yes.
And there you have it. Both yeah. parts of the Hageman interviews. Yay! Yeah. Great, great second half. Great. <laughs> Let me tell you, I love talking to those guys. They are so much fun. And I hope we get to hang out with them soon, like they were saying in that last part. You know, we got to hang out. That's what we got to do. That would I be... believe them, too. Mm-hmm. I believe them. Because, you yeah. know, some people say, well, let's be, you know, do this and do that. And it doesn't happen. But I think they would be like, where the <laughs> Something like Anson, you know? I want to say this to the Hageman brothers that from now on I am not ever going to say again that I have an aversion to animation yay Yay. Yay. I said you had the aversion to animation yes I I said Fran coined it Sabrina (laughs) embraced it and we all knew it was the truth (laughs) yes we did all four of us knew it was true gold (laughs) (laughs) the myth has been debunked we're gonna debunk that myth (laughs) uh well anyway congratulations for a spectacular you know, 20 episode season and I want to also congratulate all the new episode writers I'm sorry I'm not remembering anybody's name but there were two people I think that had their first episodes and I'm so proud of you they were so great I, I loved I just loved every single one of the episodes I really did love this show and I love that it had 20 episodes it was kind of like yeah. old time yeah. Star Trek yeah it was kind of old school that way you know yeah. nice long season mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Not, just, not just a couple of weeks. Only right. I don't. I don't think we had any throwaway episodes. I think all of not these a single episodes, one. No. You need all of these episodes one. were top notch mm-hmm. and integral, integral part of the season. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So great job, guys, and we can't Yay. wait for season two. Woo! Yeah. Give it a applause. And season two, uh, you know, we'll be eagerly awaiting that. And, you know, if you have thoughts about what you thought about the episode, let us know. Um, Sabrina, can you tell folks how they can let us know their thoughts about this episode or about any of the Prodigy episodes from this season or anything from the interview? Okay, I sure can. You can find us at SciFiSisters.com. That's S-Y-F-Y. S-I-S-T-A-S dot com. Or join us on the mothership. That's M-U-T-H-A-S-H-I-P and the Sci-Fi Sisters Book Club, both on Facebook. Download the Trek Geek Network app where you can find us and our family of podcasts on the Trek Geek Network. On Instagram and TikTok, we're Sci-Fi dot Sisters. And we're also on the Twitter at Sci-Fi Sisters. Become a patron of the Sci-Fi Sisters today at patreon.com forward slash Sci-Fi Sisters. After listening to this podcast, please rate us and write a review. We may just put you on an upcoming episode. And we also would like to give the shorty shout out. So Fran, take it away. I got it. I got it. Thank you. And we love you all. And thank you so much. The following patrons Susan V. Runner, TJ Jackson Bay, 
Luz Ara, Dafid Balston, Sailor Marge, L.M. Stephanie Dole, Anne-Marie, Timothy Baum, Kalia Zawacki, Howard Hogan, Starbase Center for 210 Productions, the Chief Ernesto Costanzna. Ernesto, if I mess that up, DM me, okay? And post Karen Dramaria, Alicia Watkins Campbell, Travis Taylor, Linda Annenberg, Liza Albright, Eve England, Sue Kay, Ogre Craven Cravechuck, Mohammed Noor, Scott Jensen, Sam Drope Dickinson, and Bradley, Stephanie Baker, Jamal Taylor, David A. Gregory, Kelly McKinnon, J.R. Poole, Old Decline, Jeffrey Cochran, Zakiah Graham, and last but not least, Peter Heisler. Thank you all so much. We really appreciate. We really do. Thank you so much. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we also like to thank uh, some folks that are listening from different parts of the world. Right, Sabrina? Yes, we want to give a 2022 shout out to everyone that is listening to us all over the globe. We really appreciate this. And so everyone in the UK, Haiti, Canada, Germany, Kenya, Brazil, the Philippines, New Zealand, India. Yay, cousins. Thank you. Thailand, (laughs) Hong Kong, Norway, Poland. Spain, Austria, Japan, the Netherlands, Switzerland, Ecuador, Sweden, and Bangladesh. Thank you so much for listening to us in all those countries. I cannot believe it. That is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) It is. We're international, y'all. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the pressure. (laughs) Somebody actually heard my voice in Bangladesh. Very cool. I think a couple of people are my cousins. but. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, everybody. And one last thank you to the baddest engineer in Anonymous One. He's responsible for all the music you hear on our show. And if you need uh, musical production uh, skills or uh, sound engineering skills, he's the one to look up. On Instagram at dose underscore the anonymous underscore the number one. That's it. On Instagram. I said that part. I'm also going to say this. We love you. Thank you very much. Peace, love, and hair grease, y'all. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.